You're listening to The Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for spending some time with us this afternoon. We have a special program ahead, some special grade nine programming. Yes, indeed, it is Take Your Child to Work Day. And across this province and across this country, there are surly teenagers at workplaces finding out what it is that is crushing the souls of their parents. That's huh. Teenagers are odd. Yeah, they're odd. Teenagers are odd. And in our next hour, we are going to figure out some teenagers. We're going to figure out some teenage slang. We're going to figure out what this TikTok business is all about. We're going to try and figure out what this OK Boomer deal is all about. Indeed, it is Take Your Kids to Work Day. And my favorite grade 9 student is here with me live in studio this morning. Say hello to the people, Ava. Hello. Thank you. That is Ava, who will be with me throughout the program. My very own grade 9. I'm so proud to have you here. How's your day been so far? Good. Yeah, what have you seen and done? Um, I, I ate a Twizzler. That is actually the most difficult thing you do here at Chorus is is eat junk food, eat Twizzlers. <laughs> I don't know if that's representative of the day, but nevertheless, you, you've had a good day so far? Yeah. All right. Well, as I mentioned, this is happening right across the province. This from Queens Park this morning. This is in the legislature. The member for Mississauga Malton. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I'd also like to welcome my daughter Suvidi Anand to as part of the Take Your Kids to Work Day. It's good to have an extra staffer today. That is PC MPP for Mississauga Malton, Deepak Anand, talking in the legislature, welcoming welcoming his daughter to help him. If you have a great niner at work today. Give me a call, and I'll put you on the air. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Have them call in. Call in yourself. How's your day going? And how are you handling today at work? As we continue our programming about trying to figure out grade niners. Huh. Teenagers are odd. Weird. They're weird. From the serious to the frivolous, this hour, we are going to understand the youth of today better than you did before. You may be frightened or you may be relieved about the future of the world, but we will get to that. You will be able to decide. You know, I remember in my late teens, an older adult saying to me that he was worried that his generation would have to rely on my very unreliable generation to take care of him in his dotage. He was worried. I told him he should worry because we weren't going to take care of him at all. I said it with the arrogance of youth. And now I find myself in precisely his position where I'm looking at this next generation and I'm thinking, um, hey, how about those pension plans? How about that? And then that brings me to this whole OK Boomer thing. What is that all about? OK Boomer. Ava, can I bring you in here? What does that mean? OK Boomer. You say it to boomers. But as far as you're concerned, anybody over the age of 20 is a boomer. No. See, because I'm not a boomer. I'm actually Gen X. Oh, you're almost a boomer. No, 
No. Close. No. Yeah. It's the worst. Huh. Teenagers are odd. Quote, baby boomer is a term used to describe the sudden spike in babies born after the Second World War. According to Stats Canada, anybody born between 1946 and 1965 is a boomer. I am not a boomer! Okay, I'm, I'm close, apparently, says Ava. So when you say, okay, boomer, even to people who aren't boomers, does that make sense? Or shouldn't you just be saying, like, okay, millennial? Well, okay, millennial sounds weird. <laughs> it's not. You can't put that on a T-shirt and sell it, I'll tell you that much. For, you can't fit millennial on a T-shirt, let alone spell it. We are going to get to more of what's going on with grade Niners with this OK Boomer thing. We are going to be talking about stress and teens and cell phones and teens. But before we get to that, there is news at Queens Park today. Later on today, the financial or the rather the fall economic statement known around the park as FES will be delivered. And the finance minister, Rod Phillips, is going to unveil that. It's kind of like a mini budget with, without all the fun of being locked up in a room for an entire day and having the OPP escort you to the bathroom to have a pee. Because that's what happens on the budget. They put all the journalists in a room. They take away their phones, which makes them extra cranky. But today we do have this kind of mini budget. And sometimes there's actually stuff in it, like last year when the Ford government made some significant changes within the fall economic statement. And sometimes it's just a number that, and, a, and a lot of facts and figures. Travis Danraj is our Queens Park Bureau Chief and joins me on the line as we try and decipher what's coming today. Hi, Travis. Okay, Boomer. Stop it. <laughs> I was enjoying you, that conversation. You, could you, Ava? Lightning. Ava, could you just say it to him? Because he really, far, as far as you're concerned, Travis Danrej is a boomer too. Uh, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a busy day down here at Queens Park, boomer. Uh, we've got the small economic statement. You talked about the, it being a, a mini budget, and certainly the last one that we saw, Alan, last year was uh, a, quite a big document. Uh, it was the first time around that the government had a chance to, you know, talk about what their initiatives were going to be, and we certainly saw a, a lot of cuts in that document. I am hearing uh, this time around it's not going to be that that thick of a, a, a document, and we are going to see, uh, you know, a lot of the big cuts that we saw last time with the French language commissioner, the environmental watchdog. Uh, this is a, a government that has just come back. You know, they want to have a new tone, uh, more conciliatory tone. And so we might see that reflected today when we get this statement. Usually with the fall economic statement, it's a little bit of theater. And to give you a little background on this, is, is essentially what this is, is a look at the actual books. It, it's a kind of a mid-year checkup on the income, the revenue, and the spending of the government. And what tends to happen, because we're in a deficit, obviously, is that the government, and the liberals did this for years upon years, is they come out and they say, we beat it! We beat the we're better. We're better than we expected. But the fact of the matter is is this government, like every other government, overestimates the the deficit number so then it can overperform. Well, absolutely. So when you go from, you know, initially saying the deficit was $15 billion the Liberals left us with, the cupboards are bare, you know, we got to make dramatic cuts, then you find out, you know, in September it's $7.4 Now the new projection is 
three, I think. So you've got the shifting deficit figure. Um, the, the government says today you're going to see that they are on track to balancing Ontario's books. Um, that is in part uh, because of those shifting numbers and also because revenue is up. And, and the last finance minister, Vic Fideli, gave somewhat of a stark picture when it came to Ontario's finances and things are a bit rosier than they were expected to be. Can you remind me of the number of the financial accountability officer? Didn't they peg it at somewhere in the seven billion? Well, how do we get ten billion? Four billion dollars. Well, so what, what, what? How do we have ten then? Well, that that is a very good question. So we'll see what it's down to today. Um, but the government projections was that it was ten point three. Public account showed that it was actually seven point four. And then we had the premier even, you know, I think it was two weeks ago, he was at an event and he was saying that, you know, the government was left with a $15 billion I know, he's still with that fiction of the $15 billion deficit, which has been absolutely debunked. And it's 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 hard for for folks to digest when all of these different numbers are being thrown at them what the state of Ontario's economy actually is. But we know that you know personal income tax revenue is up two point two point five billion dollars. We know that um, tax re- corporate tax revenue is up as well. So certainly you know things are are better here in terms of what the government has to work with. I, I you know when we talk about the tone. The government has walked back a number of uh, initiatives with, uh, you know, the autism file, with class sizes, etc. So I don't think this is a document where you're going to be seeing flash and burn and a lot of cuts. I, I do think it's going to be, uh, you know, more in line with that that tone of listening to Ontarians, and it, it, it certainly is not going to have the the, the punch. Uh, and the pizzazz of the last one that Fidelity delivered a year ago. Travis Damrash is Global's Queen's Park Bureau Chief. Okay, Millennial, thank you for that update. All right, Boomer. All right, thank you. <laughs> that is Travis Danraj. Uh Ava, uh, I think the takeaway from all of this for you is that there is no right answer in math. You can just, you just make up the numbers. So you could take that forward to your math class. Okay. Boomer. You're a Boomer. I am not a Boomer. When How we are dare ba- you? Oh. Welcome back to the program on this National Take Your Kids to Work Day. I have my very own teenager in studio with me today. Say hello to the radio listening audience, Ava. Hello. How are you feeling today? On a scale of 1 to 10, how bored are you? Mm, oh, bored? I don't know. I mean, depends on what I'm doing. This very second. Well, I'm talking to you right now. So 10. Yeah. Pretty much. Indeed, it is take your kids to work day. There are surly teenagers in workplaces all over the city and the province. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on your cell if you've taken a grade niner to work today, or if there's one in your office or one wants to call in and commiserate about how bored they are with Ava, we have all of that. But first up, we have Toronto City Councillor Brad Bradford on the line. Ava's excited about this. This is Ava's uh, counselor. Say hello to Ava Brad. How you doing, Ava? How you doing, Alan? Uh, we're we're all good. We're good. Uh, you know, we're we're here. We're trying to get our, ourselves through the day. Uh, Brad, you have a proposal to let uh, homeowners 
uh, make it easier to put parking pads on. I know firsthand trying to do this, it is incredibly complicated, and there are rules from different places of the city. Why is it like that to, to begin with? Well, I think, unfortunately, this sort of goes back to uh, the amalgamation of the cities and the different jurisdictions. you got a long legacy of different councillors with different ideas and feelings around front yard parking. But I think we're at a point in the city where it's really about moving forward with practical solutions. And my whole angle on this is, you know, if we are going to take electric vehicles serious, if we're serious about reducing our emissions as a city, we need to give people a practical pathway to get that done. And front yard parking is going to be part of that. So what you're saying is that you would be able to have permit to put that front pad parking in if you put in an electrical charging station. That's the proposal. And, and I mean, it's very frustrating for residents, the, the whole front yard parking piece, because the old Ward 31, East York, you know, there was a moratorium put in by the previous councillor in 2009. So they're just not even allowed to apply. And then down in the beaches, the old Ward 32, you know, the, uh, the politi- political winds of the community council that makes that decision makes it very challenging to move forward. I'm just saying if we have a goal as a city and we're dealing with a climate emergency, which we all enthusiastically voted for uh, last month, how are we going to give people an opportunity to move forward with an electric vehicle if there's nowhere for them to charge it? I, I was renting a home uh, in the ward uh, in the beaches of the East York area uh, mm-hmm. just recently, and the, the homeowners, when we left, the homeowners decided, well, there was no parking, so they put a front pad parking in, except for they put it in, they didn't have the permit, and now they just have a decorative urn there because they can't actually park because they didn't actually, they thought they could be able to get the permits. They can't. I've moved two blocks over. I'm on the other side of Victoria Park now. The rules are totally different. It makes no sense. Well, and that's my view. I think that we really do need to move forward with a harmonized approach to this. Uh, It needs to be clear. It needs to be transparent. And there needs to be a pathway. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy pathway. We want soft landscaping. We want permeable pavers. We want to protect our trees. And I want folks to install an electric vehicle charger to help us move forward to the future. But there needs to be consistency and transparency. Your situation, Alan, where it's different two blocks away is exactly why people are so frustrated. I don't think that makes sense, and, you know, I'm trying to bring my colleagues along downtown uh, to, to share that perspective. The opposition to this is going to be precisely what you talked about, south landscaping trees and all the rest of it, that everybody's just going to take advantage of. It's like, yeah, sure. I'll, I mean, you know, if you put a parking pad in on your home where there's no parking before, that's 25, 30, 40K to the bottom line of your house, perhaps more. And so, mm-hmm. like, sure, I'll put an EV in. I'm not going to buy an EV car, but I'll put one in if I get a parking pad out of it. I mean, the reality is people make improvements to their homes all the time. That improves uh, property values. I appreciate that. But for me, it's about being practical and being consistent. Uh, People cite concerns around stormwater runoff, and I held up a report in committee and said, look, this is from our general manager of transportation services in 2017, and it cites the runoff associated with driveways and the runoff associated with parking pads. Parking pads, we can actually control that and regulate to to mitigate it. We're talking less than 1% of runoff in the city. However, uh, you know, you lump those things together and people end up skirting the process through our committee of adjustment and end up putting in an entire driveway. Then we don't have an opportunity to comment on the soft landscaping or to do the permeable papers. So it really is about being consistent. It's about giving a pathway for people forward and about preparing for the future. Brad Bradford, Toronto City Councilor with an interesting idea. Scale of 1 to 10, your chances of ever making this through. 
Well, you know, we love a good report. And despite having <laughs> one done in 2017, uh, my colleagues asked for another one. So we're going to see where this lands in February. It's been kicked down the road, but I'm committed and determined. I'm going to keep working at it because I think it's important. It's practical and uh, we need to move forward. Let's just get another report on that. All right, Brad, thank you. Appreciate you being on the program. <laughs> Say goodbye to Brad, Ava. Goodbye, Brad. All right. Cheers, guys. <laughs> now, today is National Stress Awareness Day. Do you have stress issues? Are you feeling stressed, Ava? Right now? This very second. No. Ava is my grade nine daughter who is with me on Take Your Kid to Work Day. Ava does not have stress issues this very moment, but if we looked at the research, what we would find is that stress is an epidemic amongst our teenagers. This is from the Globe and Mail on August 13th. The number of Ontario teenagers seeking help for self-harm at emergency departments has doubled in a decade. Teens have a significantly higher rate of hospitalizations for uh, all kinds of things. An alarming rise in self-harm by teenagers in countries around the world, including Canada. Then in August of this year, this report. Very frequent use of social media may compromise teen girls' mental health by increasing exposure to cyberbullying and reducing sleep and physical exercise. This, according to a study in the British medical journal, The Lancet. Dr. Stephanie Amos is an assistant professor at U of T and a clinical scientist at CAMH and joins me on the line. Hi, Doc. Hi, Alan. How much of a problem is stress and teens, or for teens, pardon me? I think stress is becoming a big problem for teens. Um, uh, teens are uh, these days, um, but always, are undergoing huge brain and body changes. They're undergoing uh, big neurodevelopmental changes in terms of the way that their brain responds to environmental cues. Their bodies are going through big changes. They're going through sleep uh, uh, transitions. There's a big push towards peer influence, um, and there's more concerns about the future, expectations for independence. So uh, teens have always been undergoing huge amounts of change that likely make them uh, uh, more susceptible to stress. But these days, as you mentioned, um, social media, changes in physical activity, sleep time, exposure to substances, um, being more connected to others, all of those things are increasing. Uh, stress and uh, are important for parents to think about. Let, Doc, let's bring in uh, Ava right here. And Ava, yeah. let's talk about social media. And how much are you on social media platforms? And what do you think you spend the most time on? Um, well, depends on what you think is a lot. Okay. All right. Well, what do you? What platform are you on the most? TikTok. TikTok. How much time do you spend on Facebook? I none. None. In fact, Ava actually has a parody account on Facebook where she poses as a middle-aged soccer mom named Karen Smith. Uh, but, but Stephanie, back to you. Uh, how concerning is the amount of time teenagers especially spend on social media? I think it is concerning. So, so the evidence shows that um, uh, teens uh, become more 
at risk of uh, social and functional problems at opposite ends of how much time they spend on social media. So if they're not on it at all, but then it also if they're on it too much. So there really needs to be a happy medium struck in terms of the amount of time on social media. Social media is interfering with kids' ability to focus on one task. They're always distracted by alerts uh, and, and connecting with others. The other thing that's a big issue is that it used to be that you would be exposed to um, your social network at school, maybe a little bit after school, but once you got home, that exposure would decrease much more. Now, you can always tap into your social network and um, post things publicly and get a lot of uh, uh, feedback. So one of the key pieces about social media is it's increasing distraction. It's there all the time. It's interfering with sleep. And all of those things likely contribute to stress. Uh, Doc, I'll just bring Ava in one more time here. We're running out of time, but I, I do want to ask this because how often, Ava, do I say to you, put down your phone? How many times a day? Too much. Too many times. So so it's a constant refrain in my house. What do you suggest for parents out there? Hard guidelines in terms of like, you know, amount of time on? Do you take the device away? What do you suggest? I think families need to uh, have... Um, a point of reference and rules in terms of what are times that you can use your phone and what are times that you can't. And it, it may have to be something that is individual to each family, but it's also something that everybody needs to adhere to. So the time on phones is not only something that is uh, affecting teens in a different way, it's also all of us adults. So we're spending much more time on our phones, we're spending much more time connected to work in the evenings and weekends than we ever used to. And so uh, as a family, there can be rules in terms of when is it allowable to use your phone and when do the phones go away and everybody tries to connect. So dinner together, um, what time do phones get uh, taken away in terms of um, uh, time uh, focused on homework and making sure that you can wind down before sleep. Um, kids need nine or ten hours of sleep and if they're not getting that, that's a, a huge problem and the, the time on their phones is interfering with that. So making sure that um, there are ways that families can adhere to these rules so that those uh, phones go away at least an hour before bedtime. And I would suggest even before that to make sure that they have time for their homework and to, to de-stress from their day. Dr. Stephanie Amos is with CAMH. Appreciate you being on the program. Thank you so much for your advice. My pleasure. Okay, take care. Ava, what do you think about that? Hard rules. We don't really have them in our house. Do you, Should we put in more rules about when you should be off your phone? Mm, no. You're going to go with no on that. Who spends more time on their phone, you or me? Well, I don't know. I don't really spend that much time with you. See, now this is not true. It's just you don't pay attention to me because you're not, you don't, you don't, you're just not. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I don't pay attention to you. All right. Fine. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for spending some time with us this hour. It is Take Your Child to Work Day, and across this city and across the province and the country, there are grade nines in workplaces 
trying to figure out how it's possible that their parents actually spend an entire day doing this, whatever it is that they do, and just trying to figure it out. If you have a great Niner with you today, give me a shout. Love to have you on the program. Love to have you chime in, maybe have your student call in, find out just exactly how bored they are. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. My great Niner is with me today, Ava is with me. Uh, Ava, is this better or worse than a day at school? Uh, it's better. This is better than a day at school? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Teenagers are odd. Odd. Well, it's good because uh, we have lots to talk about today. In the news today, a couple of things I wanted to point out, and this one's weird. Three full Florida families are now suing the makers of Banana Boat sunscreen, claiming the Banana Boat caused severe chemical burns. Media reports show these are not the first complaints that the company has received in the past several months, which is so concerning. The photos are awful. Children with blisters on their bodies where their parents had applied sunscreen, Banana Boat Sport for Kids to be exact. When the families reached out to Edgewell, the maker of Banana Boat individually, they say they were offered a check for 12 bucks each. The families are all suing three separate lawsuits in three separate Florida counties. Edgewell says they evaluate all reports they receive about adverse reactions, and they say they take all consumer concerns seriously. I, could you be, imagine being one of those parents, and you're like, you, you send the thing in, you say, your product burned my kid, and I, here's 12 bucks. <laughs> in change. Here's $12. Oh, oh, well, then I'm satisfied. I'm good. No, I'm good. I'll take the 12. I'll just take the 12. Obviously, that didn't do. It didn't happen. Health Canada has also received complaints from dozens of parents in this country saying their kids had suffered burns and blisters because of banana boat products. The agency in June of last year released the results of a test that they conducted on a number of sunscreen brands, including products by Net Banana Boat. It reported that no serious concerns were identified. So still a bit of a mystery there. Let's go to London and Buckingham Palace, who says... The Queen has got a new look. The palace says that the decision does not mean the Queen will dispose of all her fur outfits she already has. The statement says, despite the move, the Queen will continue to re-wear existing outfits in her wardrobe. The decision, though, will please animal rights activists, who've sometimes criticised the monarch for the fur pieces in her collection. One, Claire Bass, from the Humane Society, says the Queen's decision will send a positive message that fur is no longer considered fashionable. Charles de Ledesma London. So the queen will not wear new fur. I will not kill new animals. But I will the other fur, the other furs that I have, I will, I, I will, will still wear. Uh, Ava is with us, my grade nine student, my daughter. Uh, Ava, would you consider wearing anything with fur? No. You would be opposed to anything made of fur at all. Well, because I would manage to get fur in my mouth. Oh, so it's it's not a animal rights issue. It's more of fur in your teeth. Huh. Teenagers are odd. <laughs> would that be uh, be accurate? Uh, I, is fur cruel? Y- yes. Fur is cruel. Uh, Ava's here because, of course, as we mentioned, it is take your child to work day. And Ava has a big day because after this, uh, you're going to see a concert tonight. Who are you going to see? MXM Tune. MXM Tune. I want to play a little bit of her music.
This is it's kind of like a funeral dirge here. Oh, here she is. It's, this is the artist MXM2 we're listening to. This is her big hit. Progress. It's called Prom Dress. Now, the reason I'm playing this, we'll just, we'll just pot this down just a little bit. Let it ride out a little bit. There's no funky beat here. Is there a beat? Is this, is, oh, there's a beat coming, a, a finger snap coming. Um, how did you discover... MXM Tune. I found her on TikTok. On TikTok? Can you explain to me what TikTok is? Um, it's, it's an app you can post videos. So it's an app that you post videos to, and you mentioned before that TikTok is the platform that you spend the most time on. Yeah. What is it? So it's, it's kind of funny videos with yeah. music. Well, not always music. You can, like, add your own sounds. And and is the feed kind of like Instagram in terms of you choose who to follow and then you scroll through their their posts? Well, yeah, there's a following page and a for you page, and the for you page uh, just puts random videos on there, kind of based off of what you like sometimes. Now, I I know a lot of parents, including myself, obviously concerned about bullying and you know and the content on there. You ever see anything on there that's inappropriate? No. Are you just saying that because I'm your dad? Well, no, if you don't look for it, you won't find any. So you just don't look for it. So you why mean, would I look for it? Exactly. <laughs> so, so your your point is that because you don't follow anything that would be inappropriate, uh, then that doesn't come up on your feed. Well, mostly just that stuff just doesn't come up. It just doesn't come up at all. No. Okay. Back to MXM Tune. What is it that you like about that music? Um, I don't know. It's calming. Calming. Yeah. So you're looking for, you know, some people like, you know, high energy stuff. Um, you know, like, but you, you, you're really into the calm music. Yeah. You like it chilled out. Yes. How does that compare to the music that I force you to listen to when you're in the car? Um, it, well, the music you make me listen to is loud. Um, yeah, it's, it's loud. It's loud. That's it. I listen to a lot of hip hop. Yeah. And and then if it's not hip hop, it's probably country music. Country music. That's your. So you know, and and I I remember this, and I think everybody does. You know, hating the music that your parents listen to. So do you think that you listen to music that is calming? Because I listen to music that is high energy and has beats. Well, uh, I don't know. I don't think I've just I just the high energy music is overwhelming. It's just too much. Especially when I'm in the car with you. Oh, baby. Rob bringing it back in. This is the funky beat from the new Kanye single that I just cannot get enough of. This it doesn't do it for you? No. You're not you're not down with the yay? You're not No? no? no. What about the Tay Tay? What about the Swifties? <laughs> don't call her that. I can't say Please that? Please don't say that. Welcome back. Having such a great hour. Just so thrilled and so excited to have my daughter with me here this hour. All part of Take Your Kid to Work Day. Grade Niners. Gummers, we used to call them back in the day. That was what you were when back in Burlington back in the day. Can you explain that? I don't know why they called it that, but it was Gummer Day. And that was back in the day when it was just perfectly acceptable to just go out and haze the new, new kids. That's just... Ah! 
Yeah, sure, go torment the new kids. What? We don't do that anymore. I don't even know. What do they call you at school? My daughter here is with me. Um, nothing. They don't call you Niners or... I don't interact with people um, that are older than me, so I wouldn't know. You, okay. Do you say, okay, boomer to, like, kids in grade 12? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Why would I do that? Well, because you, because you say, okay, boomer to anybody who's older than you. I don't say, okay, boomer to anyone who's older than me. Okay, well, you say it to people who aren't boomers, like me. Well, you're almost a boomer. Well, stop it. If there was an app that could make your teenagers do chores, would you install that? Is that something that you could do? My next guest is a mom from Whitby who claims that her app can do precisely that. Jody Swain is on the line. Hi, Jody. Good afternoon, Alan. How are you? I'm great. Say hi, hi to Ava. Hi, Ava. How are you doing this morning? Or this morning, afternoon. Uh, I'm good. Uh, so, Jody, you think that if I download an app, that is going to get Ava to actually put away her laundry? Uh, well, the app is designed actually for the kids to have control. So the parents will decide what jobs uh, that they want their kids to apply for, and really it's over to the kids to decide if they want to do them or not do them. And we found that putting the control and the power of the kids is that these kids actually decide to apply for jobs, complete the jobs, and get paid for these jobs like in the real world. And so, yeah. I'm happy to send you a code if you want to play. With oh, us. <laughs> okay. That got a big smile from Ava. Getting paid, <laughs> getting paid. Let Ava write up. That you, you're down with that. If if there was an app and you could apply for a job, if I said you know unload the dishwasher and then and what what I got what's the going right for unloading the dishwasher That's by totally the way, Jody? Up to you. So we have uh, templates that you can download and you can edit and uh, customize them to suit your family. So some families prefer to pay in points or dollars, but I'd say most of our families, probably ninety percent of them, are paying dollars because that's typically what the kids like the most about it. And yeah, you set your game rules and decide to pay your kids weekly, biweekly, monthly, and uh, yeah, we nudge them along the way. So if they have applied for the dishwasher and you've chosen the customized amount that you want to pay, Ava, and she completes it, uh, yeah, she'll get a payout on her payday. Ava, your, your reaction to any of this? Well, as long as you pay me. <laughs> That's the big thing, too, Ava. Are you calling yeah. me a deadbeat dad? <laughs> no, we just get busy, right? <laughs> we get busy and we forget to pay our kids. And they're like, no, I did do that. And you're like, did you do that? I don't remember. So we're just there to sort of give you some structure and help uh, keep you along the way and keep you on track with your family. What would it take me to pay you, Ava, to unload the dishwasher? What would be the rate for that that you would ask? Uh, well, it. I don't want... Like a dollar. You don't want a dollar? No. It's got to be more than a dollar? More than a dollar. What if it was, well, I like Jody's point about, about points, but what if we had like reward points, like kind of air miles sort of thing? No. Jody, that didn't seem to go over well. No, I say nine, I think more than 90% of our families are dollars. The kids like the dollars, especially the older they get. And the point of Hire and Fire is to make sure that, you know, we as parents will take care of our kids' needs, but we really want to start teaching them at a younger age that they are responsible for their wants. So as they get older and they want that, you know, treat at the, at the convenience store or whatever, that new, you know, download on their, their app, that it's, it's them that's starting to pay for their wants and, and we take care of their needs. And the way they get their wants is by contributing more to the home and by following the family values and expectations. Jody Swain is the founder of HireAndFireYourKids.com. Where do you find this app, Jody? So the app is available right now on the App Store and Google Play. And, and it's under the name Hire and Fire Your Kids? Yes, that's right. Excellent. Jody, thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks for having me, Alan. Have a great day, you too. 
Let's move into the slang portion of the program, shall we? I have a list of general slang words, and Ava is going to help me here with some of them. Some of them are pretty obvious. I move into the general slang here. These are the general slang, so these are relatively well-known. Let me just say ox. What? If I said, man, that's ox, what does that mean? Isn't that an animal? No, awkward. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, what if I said, um, man, I got a lot of cheddar? What? Yeah, this sounds like your slang. I don't. I got something, this from a website. I, I used to use cheddar back in the 90s. Okay, settle down. <laughs> okay, said, boomer. You said totes in the car today. I did say totes. And you told me not to say it ever yes, again. Yes, please. <laughs> okay, how about, uh, how about Gucci? I hear, I hear your brother say this all the time. Oh, of course he says it. Gucci. Yeah, he says Gucci. What does that mean? Uh, good. I don't know. Hundo P. Uh, you say that. That's true. Um, skirt! No. What? Skirt! Stop. He's well, getting salty. Because that, that means, apparently, according to this, go away. Um, thirsty. Um... Well, I'm thirsty. Drink some water. No, apparently, according to this website, it says that's me trying to get attention. Oh, well, you have to say thirsty for attention then. All right. Uh, here we have, a, this is the advanced list from another website where I have, uh, by Felicia. You ever heard that? Yes, I've heard that. What does that mean? It means, I don't know. I can't explain it. According to this, it means a disrespectful way to dismiss someone who is unimportant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By Felicia. By Felicia. Man, that's cold. Uh, CD9. CD9. What? Code 9. Parents are here. Oh. You heard that? No. Okay. No. Uh, POS. Perhaps in a text if you had POS. Parents over shoulder. Yeah. Yeah? No, you ever texted never, that? Never used that. Never used that? There's never been a parent over my shoulder. What, are you saying now? You're saying I, first I was a deadbeat dad. Now I'm an absent father. <laughs> what? Well, you don't have to stand over my shoulder. Apparently, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna do that from here on in. Please don't. Um, T. Oh, T. Yeah, that's a thing. What? What like, does it mean? Gossip. Gossip. So, if how do you use that in a sentence? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. Um. Snatched. Oh boy, that I'm not gonna explain that. It means you look good, aka you are quote looking snatched. I just, I've never I heard it used that way. No, all right. I know I've heard you use this one before. Basic. Yeah. Basic. What does that mean? It means you're basic. You're just basic. You're I don't. Plain. I don't know as a slang word. It's just a. It's a real. It's, okay. it's an actual word. And then I hear you use this one too. Extra. extra. Yeah. It's, a, it's also a word. Why do I, Why is it a slang word? Because I hear you use it as an insult. Those girls are so extra. Yeah, because they're being extra. But what does that mean? They're just being like over the top? To yeah, that's what extra means. It, it's, the, it's what the word means. How about ratchet? I don't use that. I've heard it. Someone who is obnoxious, rude, or trashy. Yeah. Ratchet. Yeah. Is MacArthur up next? Ratchet. I don't know. I'm just trying to use it in a sentence. Well, this has been an educational hour, has it not? Ava, thank you so much. Have you enjoyed this hour of radio? So much, yeah. I really enjoyed talking.
talking about slang with you. I don't, I don't even know if she's being sarcastic anymore. This is the problem. I can't tell. I'm just going to assume it's sarcasm. I got to go. Thank you so much for spending some time with me.